how does the CRA look at it? There's gonna be six points, right? The first point is exactly that. What is the taxpayer's original intention with respect to the property, okay? And it's clear, you know, if it's clear that the intention was to flip it for a profit, then it's clearly gonna be business income, right? If it's clear that the intention was to buy the property and hold it for the long term, and that's what happened, and so on and so forth, then it's more clearly a capital. Yeah, if you sold a property that you hold for 10 years, right. it's obviously a capital gain. Not necessarily. Uh, not yeah. not if your intent was to hold it for 10 years. And then you got stuck because of some sort of regulatory issue or whatever, it could still be, you know. Right. We ha we've had a client that held property for, I think it was seven years. Wow. And flipped it and it was business income. Hey everybody, welcome to episode seven of Smarten Up with JP and Fab. Today, JP and I will cover the taxation of real estate sales. Specifically, we will go through the framework that the CRA uses to help determine whether a sale transaction will be classified as business income or capital gain. It's a bit of a technical episode, but should be of value to all Canadian real estate investors. So have a listen and enjoy. Okay, so um, selling properties, right? Selling real, specifically, we're gonna talk about real estate. Uh, and the taxation of selling uh, a piece of real estate. Are we selling it personally or in a corporation? Doesn't matter. All right, Doesn't let's cover both. Okay. So, um, one of the, uh, do you agree or disagree? A key question we get from people is um, how is the CRA going to treat the sale of my rental property or the sale of my um, principal residence or the sale of a property in general, right? And like anything in taxation, the, the answer is it, it depends. It depends on the fact pattern for that particular situation, right? So I think um, there's a lot of rumors out there. There's a lot of misconceptions. Uh, I'm going to start with one misconception that uh, if you were to build a property or buy a property, let's say, live in it for a year, you automatically get the principal resident, residence exemption. And it's a tax-free sale, right? Right. Uh, that's one rumor. Um, the other rumor is uh, if you have a rental property and you sell it for a gain, it's automatically going to be a capital gain, subject to half the taxation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of these sort of uh, misconceptions out there, and, and the reality is that it's much more complex. So do you agree? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go into what is a capital gain versus versus business income, I right? Mean. Okay. So to give some context and some background context, all right. When you purchase a property, a piece of real estate, for any purpose whatsoever, it goes up in value, and then you subsequently sell it. You've had you've made some sort of a taxable gain, okay, and that taxable gain could either be for our purposes, a taxable capital gain or some form of business income. Right. Right. And you're likely going to want it to be a capital gain. Why? Because capital gains are taxed at half the normal rate or the inclusion of the income is only at half. Right. So in effect, you're paying half the tax. And this is sort of always the discrepancy between the taxpayer and, you know, the CRA, which is the agency that administers the tax uh, tax laws in Canada, so the CRA and uh, you know the government would like to collect more tax 
Therefore, they want your gain to be a business gain. You'd like to pay less tax. You'd like it to be a capital gain. Or zero tax. Or zero tax, right? No gain <laughs> whatsoever, obviously. But in, in reality, it's going to be one of the two. Right. Right? And this is where the confusion uh, the confusion comes from. So there's nothing in the Income Tax Act specifically that says, okay, if you meet this criteria, your sale is a business income. If you meet this criteria, your sale is on capital account or it's it's a, a capital gain. Right. Right. So what we have to do is we have to go through, uh, you know, all the old court documents and um, CRA's guidance on how they treat these different types of income. Okay. So, uh, and I've, I have it written out, but, uh, and I've also write, written a detailed um, uh, blog post on right. our website. So I'll post a link to that. But it, it's really important to understand the methodology that the CRA will use. Isn't, isn't it the first thing that they look at is what is your intent? Intention is a huge component of this. Right. Right. So what is your intention when you bought the property? Okay. So if your intention when you bought the property was to hold it for a long time or what or whatnot, then you're leaning towards more towards capital gain. If your intention was to buy it as a piece of inventory to flip for a profit, then we're leaning more towards business income. If your intent was to build it, move into it for a year and sell it. Right. What are you looking at there? Well, if that's then that sounds to me like something called an adventure in the nature of trade. Exactly. Which is a form of business income. Right. Okay. And whenever we're dealing this with this though, it's intention is one of the components, mm-hmm. right? But how do you prove intention? What is the what is the methodology that the CRA is going to go through? Yeah, because CRA comes to you and challenges you. Well, yeah, that's the that's the that's the system that we have. It's a self-reporting tax system. We report the CRA assesses, and if they disagree with um, what you've reported, then they're going to check up on it. But you have to prove your story, of course. Yeah, you However have to have you your, your yeah. documentation, right? So from from um, you know, how does the CRA look at it? There's going to be six points, right? The first point is exactly that. What is the taxpayer's original intention with respect to the property? Okay. And it's clear, you know, if it's clear that the intention was to flip it for a profit, then it's clearly going to be business income, right? If it's clear that the intention was to buy the property and hold it for the long term and that's what happened and so on and so forth, then it's more clearly a capital. Yeah. If you sold a property that you hold for 10 years. Right. It's obviously a capital gain. Not necessarily. Uh, not yeah. not if your intent was to hold it for 10 years. And then you got stuck because of some sort of regulatory issue or whatever. It could still be, you know. Right. We ha- we've had a client that held property for, I think it was seven years. Wow. And flipped it and it was business income. Okay. And he reported it as business income because it was clear. He's a developer. Yeah. It was clear that he bought the property even right. though it was rented out. He for just about got seven stuck. years, it was just he was having trouble with the city getting permits, right? So he just supplemented his income by renting it out. Okay. Then he eventually uh, tore it down, rebuilt it, and flipped it, right? Mm-hmm. Business income. So intention is is a, is the number one thing. Okay. The next thing that uh, the CRA looks at is uh, the taxpayer's profession. Right. What does a taxpayer do for a living, right? If you're uh, I don't know a physician or um, some sort of a a factory worker, 
you know, your profession has nothing to do with real estate. But if you're a commercial real estate appraiser or you um, run a private equity fund in the real estate sector or, or a REIT or something like that, or you're a realtor, right? your profession is more related to the asset that's being flipped or sold. Right. right. The more your profession relates to it, the more we're going over to the business income side. Right. And once we cover all, all six points, I'm, we'll, we'll create some examples. Okay. The third, uh, the third point that they're looking at is the amount in terms of borrowing used to finance the purchase of the property. Okay. So from that particular perspective, then you're looking at uh, an issue of, okay, are you just getting, a, you're putting 20% down, purchasing a property and getting a mortgage from a class, you know, from an A lender, right? Um, if you're doing that, that's pretty normal for someone that wants to go out and get a rental property. Okay. So you're saying right. if, if someone's going out and getting, you know, B private B money or private money, um, CRA is going to say that that's, that's more along the lines that you're on the business income side? Not necessarily that because sometimes you have to go to a B lender. Right. Right. But it's more along the lines of how creative is your financing. Okay. So are you borrowing privately from one individual to fund the down payment? Right. Right. And then getting co uh, you know and this gets into the next points right and then getting some sort of other creative financing to get the property and then you get a little bit of construction financing or take some money and fix a place up and then flip it right right now it's clear that your intention was to buy the property to flip it you got some creative financing going on and you know let's say you're a realtor mm -hmm. right the odds are stacked against you okay yeah. it's probably business income okay okay one of the other key components is going to be the length of time you're holding on to the property, right? So real estate is not a liquid asset. It has to be, it can't be sold, um, bought and sold on the open market, like, like a stock exchange. Yep. It's something that's private. So it's, it's by na its nature illiquid, right? It's expensive. So if you've held the property for, you know, two, three months, that's not a long-term buy and hold for real estate. Right. Mm -hmm. That's like a long term buy and hold for a T bill, let's say, because that expires in three months for whatever reason. Right. So in this particular case, they're going to look at the length of time that you've held on to the property. The shorter the length of time, the more they're pushing towards business income. The longer the length of time, the more that they are going to push towards um, capital gain. Cap yeah, okay. that makes sense. Okay. The next point, point number five, how many people are involved? in the deal okay if it's a husband and wife or a brother and a sister or just one individual you know that's leaning toward more towards capital gain but if you've got an investment group together five individuals six individuals ten individuals you're going and you're buying these these sophisticated projects and so on and so forth it's moving more towards business income it's looking more like a business right okay and the final um, point um, is your level of sophistication with respect to real estate, right? Is this something that you've done many times in the past? Are you a sophisticated business person that knows how to make profit off of real estate? Right. Or is this something you're doing on the side just to, you know, have an investment, a long-term investment? Yep. Okay. So none of these six points are a smoking gun. It's It's the collection of right. all of these together 
that the CRA is going to look at to say, okay, look, we, we, we think that this is more leaning towards the business side than the capital gain. Now, side. if this is in a business, I mean, if this is in a corporation, the business is paying 12.2%. If it's business income. So if it's business income, then essentially, you know, you're treating this these things as uh, inventory. Exactly. Right. It, it's a piece of inventory. Same as they go to uh, Costco. They have a bunch of inventory that they, they buy and they mm-hmm. sell to you for higher for, for a higher amount. Right. Right. So, so any gain, income. any gain you make on, on the flip of this property in a corporation is active business income. You're paying 12.2 percent. On the first five hundred thousand dollars, right? You're paying twelve point two percent if you're a CCPC, of course. Okay. Right. And and I mean, so what what is the real what is the real difference here from a from a capital gain perspective? Ultimately, a capital gain is cheaper because you know how like roughly how much? Because to half, me, half. You you so you're saying a cap gain is six uh, percent? No. Okay. Right. So this is where people have to what people have to understand. Right between the, they have to understand the system of taxation in Canada. Okay, so let's say at the margin in Ontario, the highest margin, if you flip a property and you make a hundred thousand dollars, and it's considered business income, you're paying fifty three thousand dollars, fifty three point five three percent in tax. Okay, if it's capital gain, you're paying half that. That's at the highest margin. Okay, if you're paying tax, if you've done it in a corporation. There's an integration between yourself and the corporation. So, if you flip it in a corporation and you pay you pay corporate tax and you qualify for the small business deduction, you're paying 12.2 percent current at current rates in Ontario. Mm-hmm. But if you're at the highest tax bracket personally and you take a dividend and it's a non-eligible dividend, you're paying about 47 percent tax on that dividend. Right. Okay. And when you work out the math, you're paying in and around 54 percent. Right. Okay. Ultimately, right. So, the tax the tax rate integrates. You're getting hit with that higher amount of tax. The idea, though, from the policy perspective of the government, is if it's a business, if it's an active business, you're you should be creating jobs because you're running an active business. So you're buying properties, you're renovating them and flipping them. Buying a property, renovating and flipping. Because how are you going to buy a property, not do anything to it and flip it? Right. It's impo- well, you know, it's not impossible. It's not impossible, but it's, it's it. highly uncommon. The more right. common thing is to renovate and flip it. And when you're renovating it, you, you're stimulating the economy. You're hiring a contractor. You're hiring a plumber. You're hiring people to do work right. and providing people with a living, right? So you get this incentive. The government wants you to do that. They want you to stimulate the economy, right? So they give you a tax deferral inside the corporation. But it's ultimately not necessarily a tax savings. It obviously we can come people like us can come in and show you how to turn it into a long-term tax savings but it's ultimately just a tax deferral right okay so from a regular investor standpoint they want capital gain because ultimately you're paying tax at half the rate whatever that rate may be okay so you don't get the same you don't get a deferral necessarily you have to pay the tax right away but you're ultimately paying tax at half the rate and and that's kind of the trade-off so you know to save 50% tax is is very tempting. And that's why everybody reports their their flips as um, capital gain. As capital gain yep. Right? And I guess the big area that the CRA is looking at it in is, I, because it's probably most common, it's not fix and flips, but more so 
a condo assignments or oh, for sure. flipping a condo right away yeah. as soon as it closes, right? And this is where I've seen um, a lot of audit action mm-hmm. and a lot of inquiries from the CRA, right? Because people will buy a pre-construction condo. You know, it takes four or five years to get to get it uh, to get it uh, built. And then right when it's built or just before it's being built, they assign it and they make a couple hundred thousand dollars and they want to claim capital gain. And that's where the the CRA comes in and they say, okay, let's go through this checklist and see what's going on here, right? You never rented the place out. You never advertised it to rent out. You didn't even close on the place. Right. Like you had no intention of making this a long-term investment. Yep. You just flipped it. So this is goes into something called an adventure in the nature of trade, which yep. is essentially treated as business income and we can see you've done this two other times and we've seen you've done this two other times you've um you got together with two or three people to get some private financing on it you know you're you're a realtor or whatever it is they add it all up and they say look on a balance of probabilities you know if this were were to go to court we're we're pretty confident that the judge would would rule in favor of the minister right right and give us business uh business treatment for it okay And that opens up a whole slew of HST issues and gross negligence issues, but that's kind of out of the scope of this particular podcast. So okay, so so there's that point. Now, what about what about people? Because we we know a ton of people that have have done this, building it, moving in, and and then selling. Right, and I think with that one, it's hard to say, and maybe you know, um, because we I, I haven't dealt with that directly a lot right um not cra challenging we just yeah. we, we we know of people that yeah, people have done that have done in, the, in the past and you know now i think that if i were the cra i would look into that right For sure yeah because you're building these this uh elaborate home and w- with a clear intention to sell it right and you're living in it for you know a short period of time and you might be doing this one or two or three times right and that's where you're going to start getting yourself in in trouble because that gets us into uh something even um different it's these people are trying they're claiming out on capital uh, that it's a capital property and that it's their principal residence so they're paying so they're zero tax, paying zero tax right. on it right so they're trying to completely circumvent um the system and the and the rules and I think that if you've done this many, many, many times and it's clear and it can clearly be shown that your intention is to profit off of this, not to live in the house, really, this is where you're you're walking into some trouble where you can go from 0% tax to getting hit with a bunch of tax and a bunch of penalties. Which which tend to equate to the same amount as the original tax. More. 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 Yeah. Yeah, of course. More. Right. So I think this is where people need to be need to be careful. So whenever I think the the main point um, that we want to get across to people is that it's not simple. You're going to hear hear people talk about, um, oh, if you do this, then that will happen. Or if you live in the house for a year, then that'll happen. Then you're going to get your principal residence exception. Or if you put a tenant in and then sell it, you're going to get capital gains treatment. And that's not the way that the system works. Right. The system has very it's it's. It's very specific in that there are a set of criteria and they compare it to past transactions and what ha- and what the treatment has been determined in the past based on that balance. Okay, so your, what's, what's your main takeaways for people um, when they're considering the taxation on real estate? Start with your intention, your true intention internally. Right. 
what is your true intention with this property? If you're buying a property to put in a tenant and hold it over the long term, you're clean. Everything you're doing will probably fall into place for capital treatment down the road. Okay. That's that's so start with your intention. Right. Okay. If your intention is clear to to flip properties for a profit, don't try to circumvent the system. Contact your accountant, all right, and structure yourself properly. Yeah, because I the mean, because that that would be simple. Just make sure you're incorporated. Yeah. It, try to get it try to get it done with a corporation and have the intention to be running this business right right? and you can get a bit of a tax deferral and you can build your enterprise from there because who knows where your enterprise can go right right so start with your intention that's that's the number one takeaway okay Mm -hmm. then from there make sure you document your intention and you document what it is that you're doing so that if you are challenged you have you can come back to your documentation right right so everyone knows i have a a multitude of properties and I've never documented my intention. Right. Well, you, you, you want to be able to document your intention. You say, yeah. listen, the reason I went to a B lender and got private lending was because I was rejected by the banks. Right. And I really wanted this property. Right. Right. So it's like, here's the rejection in email from the, the broker or from the bank saying, we cannot approve you for the loan. Yeah. So you said, I went to step two, which was I borrowed 50 grand off my father-in-law and I went to a B lender for the rest. Right. Right. So you document you document why you did what you did, mm-hmm. right? Rather than trying to scramble and come up with a story down the road, right? Right. That's what I would say. So number one is what is your true intention, and work with that because there are ways to work with that that original intention. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two is document why your intention was that, and document what you've done. Number three, don't play games. Report it cro- properly. Because the penalties, the interest, and the and the headaches you're going to go through by reporting it incorrectly and getting getting caught are going to far exceed the tax you would originally have had to pay. Right. Okay. Those are the three takeaways I would say. Perfect. So, um, yeah, I've had too many people contact me debating, like challenging me when I'm telling them, like this is clearly business income. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, have your have your story drawn out first. Yeah. If, if don't cheat the system, it's cheating the system in this scenario doesn't make sense. If you're going to go and do a flip, do it in a corporation because you can pay 12.2% in tax, yeah. defer the money and redo it in the corporation. Yeah. You can And there's also the liability issues too, right? Yeah. If you the construction is a is a very litigious um uh uh area of the of the economy. So if you if you're going to be doing a fix and flip, right? And you're going to have contractors come in, you're going to have trades come in and out and somebody's going to get hurt, something can go wrong, whatever it is, right? You're going to want to do it through a corporation in the first place anyways to right. protect yourself. Okay. Okay. So I, I that's what I would say is the takeaway from this. It, it's not as simple as you think. Right. There there are a multi- multitude of of ways of looking at it and I think that you should plan it at the beginning more so than and 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 now for for anyone that has started this and been doing it personally yeah and wants to move to a corporation we've done an episode on this yet or no no we haven't and it's okay. that gets complicated because if it's considered land for development you can't do a rollover yeah. right so that's where it, it gets that's no where i mean someone who's done a couple of flips yeah. and is like okay you know what i i'm making 50 grand off each flip 
I want to start doing this out of a corporation because I, I'm right. actually making money. You know, there is a way to do this, yes. but again, it has to be done through an 85 rollover. Well, we can't, we can't, generally speaking, it depends if it's considered land for development. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying if they're not holding land, right? Oh, if just yeah. Doing they a have flip, some good loan in their business. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can set it up. It can be set up. Your accountant, your lawyer can set it up. Exactly. Is it is. But I think the main takeaway without getting technical is start with your real intention, right? Then bring that intention to your accountant to do some planning at the onset because there are mechanisms to, um, to, not circumvent the tax system, but to lessen the tax, the the, the taxation at least at, at the immediate level, right? So that you can defer and expand your 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 business, right? Pay a little bit of tax, and yeah. and you can follow the rules. That's exactly. pretty simple. Okay, All right. And that's a wrap. Uh, of course, as always, if you have any questions or comments, please uh, feel free to get in touch with us at info at cmllp.com, and we will see you next time.